Luke chapter 2. Traditionally, we call this the Christmas story. It is the story of the birth of our Savior, but the Christmas story is much greater than just His birth. But on this day, let's read the account given to us by Luke, Dr. Luke. He was a physician, a Greek physician, who wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he also wrote the book of Acts. And Luke was a very meticulous writer, making sure to put detail in there so that there would be an accurate record of the things that took place. Let's read the Gospel, Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census took place while Quirinius was governing Syria, so all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So I want you to notice some things in this passage. I want you to notice in verse 10 that the angel came and said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. 
angels very often showed up bringing judgment. So it wasn't always necessarily a good thing when an angel showed up. It was a fearful thing. Not only because of the message they might be bringing or what they might be bringing, but you can imagine this heavenly messenger in this glorious, whatever they look like, glorious light, glorious glow. It was a supernatural occurrence, and it was a fearful thing. But the angel was very clear, do not be afraid. What I bring to you is good news of great joy, and it is to all people. And they proclaimed the glory of God, glory in the highest. Peace, goodwill toward men on earth. I want you to notice something that always amazes me that God works contrary to the way that we would normally do things. To the least, God brought the greatest news. To shepherds, to lowly shepherds, to poor, powerless, less than influential shepherds, God brings the birth announcement of His Son, the birth announcement of the Savior, the birth announcement of the Lord. To the least, God brought the greatest news. There was born to you this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Not just a Savior, but a Savior who is Christ. That word Christ means the anointed of God. In other words, these shepherds knew that the angels were announcing the coming of the Messiah. But not just an anointed one, but Christ the Lord. Christ, the supreme eternal being, the ruler of heaven and earth. This was the announcement that came to these shepherds. And it was proclaimed that it is good news, great joy to all people. These lowly shepherds were fearful as angels often brought God's judgment upon sinful man. The appearing of an angel often meant doom, but these angels and this heavenly host with them brought good tidings, good news of great joy to all people. There is a reason to rejoice, not just a little, but great joy. There is a reason to celebrate, and not just a little, but great joy and great celebration. I want you to understand that when these angels came proclaiming good news and great joy, the world at that time was not necessarily a joyful place for much of its inhabitants. The world was under oppression. Specifically, these shepherds and the people of Israel lived under the weight of the Roman Empire. They lived under the oppression of Rome. They were overtaxed. They were overburdened. They were overworked. There was no such thing as a middle class. There was the ruling class and there was everybody else. And if you fell in the ruling class, you might, you might be okay. But more than likely, the majority of people weren't in the ruling class. They were in the lower class. So I want you to understand 
that when this news was announced to these shepherds, we don't know what these shepherds were going through in their individual personal lives. But we do know this. We do know that much of the world was experiencing the hardship that came upon the world through sin, through the fallenness of man and the fallenness of the creation. But in spite of the brokenness, in spite of the fallenness, in fact, because of the brokenness and because of the fallenness, God proclaimed good news of great joy. In other words, God says, in spite of your brokenness, in spite of the fallenness all around you, in spite of the darkness, I want you to understand there is good news, there is great joy, and it is not just to an elite few, but it is to all people. Because the Savior has come, the Savior for all people, poor and rich, weak and powerful, slave and free, healthy and sick, Jew and Gentile. It is good news of great joy to all people. There is no reason to be afraid, for salvation has come. That's what the angel said to the shepherds, but that's what the Word of God, that's what the Gospel of God, that's what this account that Luke bothered to record by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that's why this record is preserved for us today. Because the same message of hope and good news and great joy to all people that was proclaimed to shepherds by angels 2,000 years ago is proclaimed today from men to men that we have a reason to hope. We have a reason to rejoice. There may be reasons that we can see to be fearful, but the Bible says there is no reason to be afraid for salvation has come. There is now no reason to be afraid. God has given us salvation in Jesus the Lord. He has declared on earth peace, goodwill toward men. You have reason to rejoice. You have no reason to fear. Christ has come. He was born. He lived. He died. He lives for you and for His glory. He has redeemed you and made you His very own. For His glory, in fact, the angels declared glory to God in the highest. The declaration of Jesus the Savior produced a response in those shepherds. The declaration of Jesus the Savior should produce a response in us. I am declaring to you today, Jesus the Savior I am trusting that by the power of the Holy Spirit, God will elicit, God will produce a response in you. In the heart that has been impregnated with faith, a light will shine. Picture the shepherds. Picture the wise men who walked for hundreds of miles, hundreds of miles following a star to see a baby that was born in a remote village, in a remote part of the earth because the light had come because the light had shone because in their hearts 
they were impregnated with faith and faith was born in their hearts. And the proclamation of the Savior by a star, by an angel, by a preacher, by a human voice, the proclamation of the Savior is to produce a response. It will either produce light or it will produce greater darkness. Picture Herod, who heard of the proclamation of the king that was born, of the Savior that was born. It did not produce light in Herod's heart. It produced greater darkness that resulted in the slaughter of hundreds of children two years and under in his effort to wipe out any possibility that someone would grow up and take his throne. You see, the proclamation of Jesus, the Savior, will always produce a response. It's not a question of if it will produce a response. It's what response will that proclamation produce. Will it bring light to your heart, or will it cause more darkness and more hardness to manifest in your heart? The Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. If you don't want the declaration of Jesus the Savior to produce more darkness and more hardness in your heart, then call upon Him and ask that His light would shine in your heart, that you would receive from Him the gift of eternal life. Because the declaration of Jesus the Savior will produce a response in the hearts of men. The birth announcement came, and the shepherds went, to see this thing that had come to pass. And they came with haste. They wasted no time in coming to Jesus. Don't waste time, but with haste, come to Jesus. With haste, respond to the declaration of Jesus, the Savior. We can only make known the Jesus that we have come to see. The Bible says the shepherds came And they saw the Savior. And after they had seen Him, they went and widely made known all things concerning this child. When they had seen Him, they made widely known concerning the child. And we too must all come to see Jesus. And in our seeing, we are compelled to make widely known the things concerning this child, this anointed one, this King and Lord of all. That's who Jesus is. That's who Jesus was in His birth, lying in that manger. He might have looked like some unassuming baby, just like any other baby that might be lying in a manger or lying in His mother's arms. We have the account where Mary and Joseph, after the days were completed, after 40 days, Forty days after the birth of Jesus, they carried Jesus into the temple to dedicate him because he was the firstborn son. That was the custom of the law. And two people the Bible record for us, two people, an old man and an old woman, saw this poor mother and father that must have looked like any other hundreds of mothers and fathers walking around with their children 
And think of all the people that saw the baby Jesus that day carried into the temple that didn't think anything about who he was. But there were two people, the Bible records, that saw him and knew this was not just any ordinary baby. Just like the shepherds and just like the wise men. We can only make known the Jesus that we have come to see. We will not make known the Jesus we have not seen. And our seeing must be by faith, not by sight, but by faith. You and I are not looking for a physical baby Jesus today, but we are looking for Jesus. We are not going to see a physical child. We're not going to see a physical Savior until He comes and returns again. But you must and I must see the Savior before He returns again in physical form. You and I must see the Savior. We will by sight see Him one day. But we must by faith see Him before that day We must see Jesus by faith so that we can make known the Jesus we have seen, just like the shepherds did. The angels announced His birth. The prophets foretold His coming. God at various times and in various ways spoke to His people. But the Scripture records for us that in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as He has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. The angels proclaimed the coming of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, because He was greater than they. He was higher than they. Because He is the salvation of the world. They came and proclaimed that salvation, and Jesus is that salvation. Don't look for angels to speak to you. Don't look for Old Testament prophets to come to you. Don't look for New World prophets to come to you. But know that God will speak to you now by His Son. And His Son is recorded for us in this book we call the Bible. And the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you will cause this book will cause the truth recorded in this book we call the Bible. It will be illuminated. It will come alive to you. And Jesus will be revealed to you so that you can make known the Savior that you have seen. Paul writes in his letter to Titus about this good news, about this great joy to all people about Christ the Savior that has come, Christ who has brought with Him on earth peace and goodwill toward men. He has saved His people and made all in Christ heirs according to the hope 
of eternal life. Paul writes in Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, through the washing of regeneration by the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is what the angels proclaimed that night, whether the shepherds understood it or not. This is what the wise men journeyed so far to see, whether they fully understood it or not. This is what Christmas is. This is why we celebrate Christmas. This is why we've picked a day, whether it's the day or not, is not the point. The point is, we know Jesus was born. We know Jesus has come. This is the Advent season. This is the climax of Advent. This is the climax of the season that we celebrate the coming of the Savior. We're not waiting for a Savior to come. We have a Savior that has already come. He's just going to come again. He's not coming for the first time. He's coming again. And He's coming again because He came. Salvation is not something that is coming. Salvation has come. Salvation is not something you will receive one day when you die. Salvation is what you have right now if you have already died, if you have already been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer you who live, but it is Christ who lives in you. And the life you live in the flesh, you live by the faith of the Son of God. This is the good news of great joy that the angels brought to all people. This is the good news of great joy that you and I are to take to all people. We had a Christmas Eve service last night, and part of the service was a candlelight, a time where we took one candle, and we lit that candle from the Advent candle, the Christ candle, Christ who is the flame, the light. He is the light that gives light to all men. And we took that candle one candle, and we passed that light from person to person. And in just a matter of moments, the room was awash with candlelight. That is exactly how we are to take this good news of great joy to all people. The light is in you. If Christ is in you, the light is in you. Regardless of the darkness around you, you have a light. His name is Christ. And we are, as a people that have seen the Savior, we are to go and widely make known this child, this King, this Lord. And we pass the light. And the miracle is that as we pass the light, as we make Him known, as we proclaim His birth, His life, His death, His resurrection, His ascension, as we proclaim the work of His salvation, 
God in miraculous form causes that flame to ignite in the hearts of those we pass this good news of great joy for all people too. I want to invite you to come to the table of the Lord. I want you to come freely. I want you to come rejoicing for Jesus Christ, the Savior. He is born. He has come. And He has saved His people from their sin. He bids all to come and eat and drink and remember His death and proclaim His life even until He comes again. We're going to go home today and we're going to eat and we're going to feast. But there will be no feast. There will be no eating. There will be no table greater than the table we are invited to come to right now. You may think I'm just getting a little wafer of bread and a little cup of juice. But what that bread and what that cup represents is a feast that is beyond our imagination. Money can't buy it. You can't earn a place. It's by invitation only, and God issues the invitation. And He's inviting you to come. Christians, trust in Jesus. Celebrate His birth. Celebrate His life and come to the table. Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give ye heed to what we say. Jesus Christ is born today.
is born today. Christ is born today. Christ is alive forevermore. Yet when we come to this table, the Bible says we come proclaiming his death. Because had Jesus not died, you and I could never have received the gift of eternal life. For in his death came his resurrection, and by his resurrection comes life. And that is the gift that God has given to us. Eat the bread and drink the cup with cheerful and thankful hearts. Let's all stand. Here's your charge. People of God, do not fear, but rejoice. Christ the Savior has come, and He has saved His people from their sin. Having been justified by His grace, you have become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. There is good news with great joy for all people. Make it known. Come with haste to Jesus. Fear not. Go with haste and make Him widely known. Go greatly rejoicing, for Christ the Savior has come, and He is Lord. Hold in awe and marvel at your salvation. Keep in your hearts those things that are too wonderful to tell, and make known those things that are too marvelous to keep to yourself. Know Christ, and make Christ known. Merry Christmas. The grace and the peace of God go with you. The power of the Holy Spirit make you bold to proclaim His name and make known His glorious deeds and tell of His saving work. Let's sing our thanks to God. Merry Christmas. God bless you.